spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg Today. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 3% which is on par with the five-year average. We'll hear from James Fry, who is the Applied Production Specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin, and he'll focus on the northwest region of the province. The Saskatchewan NDP are putting the pressure on the provincial and federal governments to get support to livestock producers as quickly as possible. Saskatchewan NDP agriculture critic Trent Weatherspoon will join us on today's program. The president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities is keeping tabs on Alberta's announcement of pausing renewable energy projects. Ray Orb will join us on today's program. And the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association has launched its first ever young farmer mentorship program. Caitlin Kitsan will join us about that. And of course we'll announce our first week's winner of GX94 Supper in the Field Harvest Edition. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture, otherwise known as SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Priestville Salvage. See them for new and used ag parts. Beef and Forage Report. Many livestock producers are beginning to plan their forage seeding for next spring. Paige Straff is the Agri-Environmental Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Prince Albert, and she provides some advice. Are you planning on seeding your fields to grass this fall? It's good to start thinking about it in advance. Seeding forages between October 15th and freeze-up can be a good alternative to spring or summer seeding. Dormant fall seeding can be helpful to manage spring workload and access areas that were flooded in the spring. Late fall seeding also allows for greater control of some perennial weeds. Timing is really critical with this type of seeding. A rule of thumb is to seed forages when the average daily air and soil temperatures are 5 degrees Celsius or less. Ideally, producers should target soil temperatures that are less than 2 degrees Celsius. Dormant seeding may not work in all cases, and there are a few concerns that can lower establishment success. Some of those risks being seeding too early in the fall, or seeds germinating early in the spring. If you seed too early before the soil temperatures are low enough, 
seeds will take on moisture and can start to germinate and can get killed off by cold winter temperatures. Another risk is seeds germinating when the soil warms up in the spring. If they germinate too early, they may be susceptible to early spring frosts. For dormant seeding, it's good to increase your seeding rate by 20 to 30% compared to spring seeding. Regardless of the time of year perennial forages are put into the ground, it's good to keep in mind a few key points. You'll want to purchase quality seed and ask for a seed certificate so the seed content is known. You'll want to seed at the correct depth. Forage seeds are generally small, so be careful not to seed too deep. Make sure to prepare a firm seed bed to ensure good seed to soil contact. You'll also want to use the correct seeding rate and ensure that your equipment is metering it accurately. You'll want to start controlling weeds a year or two in advance to make sure you have a good handle on them. And lastly, make sure that you have adequate soil fertility. Under the Ministry of Agriculture's Resilient Agricultural Landscapes program, the Seeding Team Forage Beneficial Management Practice provides funding for the conversion of annual cropland to perennial forage. For more information on seeding forages and available funding, please call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. AX94, Ag Review. Statistics Canada says wholesale sales, excluding petroleum, petroleum products and other hydrocarbons, and excluding oilseed and grains, fell 2.8% to $80.5 billion in June. The agency says a drop in the miscellaneous subsector led the decline in June as it fell 7.3% to $10.3 billion, weighed down by a 19.4% drop in the Agricultural Products Industry Group to $3.3 billion. The machinery, equipment and supplies subsector fell 4.2% to $17.8 billion. In constant dollars, sales excluding petroleum, petroleum products and other hydrocarbons and excluding oilseed and grains fell 3.7% in June. Statistics Canada began including the oilseed and grain industry group as well as the petroleum and petroleum products subsector as part of wholesale trade earlier this year but is excluding the data from its monthly analysis until historical data is available for proper monthly and annual analysis. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley has announced an investment of over $4 million to the Western Grains Research Foundation, or WGRF, under the AgriScience Program Clusters Component, part of the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. Agronomy, or the science and practice of crop production and farmland management, brings together knowledge of how plants, soils, insects, microorganisms and climate interact with each other in a given area. The agronomy cluster will deliver innovative research and knowledge transfer resulting in more resilient, productive crops and increased yields. The WGRF makes investments in crop research to benefit Western Canadian grain farmers. One of the priority areas for WGRF is funding integrated crop agronomy. Hot and dry growing conditions earlier in the growing season cut into Canada's chickpea yields for 2023-24, but quality should be good if the weather cooperates through the harvest. 
Canadian farmers planted 315,600 acres of chickpeas in 2023, which was well above the 233,800 acres seeded the previous year, according to Statistics Canada data. Production hit 128,000 metric tons in 2022-23, with the first official production estimates for the current crop year to be released August 29th. Rainfall varied across the prairies, resulting in average to slightly below average chickpea yields overall, although some localized areas look good, according to Jake Hansen of Midwest Grain at Moose Jaw. He says from a pricing standpoint, he's not super bullish on the market, but he's not bearish either, noting Kabuli prices to the grower were stable in the 47 to 49 cents per pound area. He expects prices will likely stay in that area, if other players don't artificially inflate prices and there are no frost issues before the harvest. Russian drones pounded grain storage facilities and ports along the Danube River that Ukraine has increasingly relied on as an alternative transport route to Europe after Moscow broke off a key wartime shipping agreement using the Black Sea. At the same time, a loaded container ship stranded at the Black Sea port of Odessa since Russia's full-scale invasion more than 17 months ago set sail along a temporary corridor established by Ukraine for merchant shipping. Ukraine's economy, crunched by the war, is heavily dependent on farming. Its agricultural exports, like those of Russia, are also crucial for world supplies of wheat, barley, sunflower oil, and other food that developing nations rely on. Analysts say Black Sea shipping has in general remained steady since the end of the grain deal, despite higher insurance rates, but shipments out of Ukraine have dropped off. India's largest tractor maker, Mahindra and Mahindra, has launched a new platform to manufacture lightweight tractors, which would enable the company to double its exports within three years. The new platform, named Oja, was developed in collaboration with India's Mahindra Research Valley and Japan's Mitsubishi Mahindra Agriculture Machinery, with an investment of $197 million Canadian. Exports constituted 4.4% of Mahindra's total sales in its financial year ended March 31st. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 179.27 today. That's down 70. December live cattle closed at 183.57, down 60. September feeder cattle closed at 249 even, down 77. October feeder cattle closed at 250.97, down 57. October lean hogs closed at 78.17, down 2. December lean hogs closed at 71.17, down 7. And that's the livestock market conditions. The Saskatchewan NDP are putting the pressure on the provincial and federal governments to get support to livestock producers as quickly as possible. NDP agriculture critic Trent Weatherspoon says in conversations with producers in the southwest and west-central regions of the province, 
They describe the drought conditions as a really dire situation. And so we have a situation this year where we have uh, livestock producers that are facing uh, a dire situation where many are going to be forced out of the livelihood that they've known for generations and uh, that are going to uh, lose um, their herds. We hear many producers saying that they're going to lose up to 75% of their herds being forced to sell off. And uh, we know that that's uh, a huge hit for any individual rancher or uh, producer and the generations of work that's built that herd and the genetics. We also know it's a massive economic loss for the province when you you know, know that's the reality for producer after producer. So in face of what's uh, an incredibly severe uh, protracted drought for these regions and RMs, rural municipalities that have been declaring states of emergency, there has to be drought aid uh, relief, a package and measures that meets the moment. We've been making this call for, uh, for weeks and it has to be the province and the federal government stepping up to the plate here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all the livestock producers that are using their voice, uh, but then are grinding hard with the cost and making these tough decisions. And today to the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association for releasing the uh, contents of the dialogue they've had through town halls across this province and to the Saskatchewan stock growers that uh, laid out calls to action uh, about a month ago as well. These two organizations and uh, livestock producers in this province have been calling for action. What we can't, what they can't afford is any further delays. They're making decisions and hard decisions now about sourcing feed and selling off uh, cattle. What they need now is support. He says support must come from the agri-recovery program soon. Yeah, the agri-recovery support is important. It's a call that we've made. And what we need to see, though, now is that realized. So, uh, you know, we know the minister sent letters or made a phone call on this uh, a few weeks uh, back. And what we need now is the feds and this provincial government and that ag minister to recognize that uh, time uh, is money and the risks are real, and they need to uh, lay out what what that agreement's going to look like, what that support's going to look like, and make it happen now so that producers can make decisions. Obviously, there needs to be uh, supports as well to recognize the incredibly high cost of transportation and all the challenges on that front. There's a direct role for the province there. Many other important calls, too, about making uh, forage rainfall uh, insurance fair and actually uh, making sure that producers are compensated for the high cost of feed or that the program recognizes the high cost of feed that really are through the roof and prohibitive for, for so many. Um, expansions to the farm and ranch water program where the, the province and the feds step up to a much greater proportion in that program. We've seen that happen before in face of the drought a couple years ago. These are calls that, you know, that are important. And then some of the structural changes that we've been pushing for, producers are pushing for and calling for here um, is, as well, which is um, actual uh, support uh, by way of cost share for livestock price and insurance, uh, the insurance program. That's important to producers. There's a real inequity right now on the grain side. You have the feds in the province um, kicking in um, a large portion of those premiums. But when it comes to the livestock sector, they don't have the, um, the backstop that the, uh, the sector and producers need and deserve. And Weatherspoon had these final comments. Yeah, just saying on this front here, there needs to be um, there needs to be a, a better backstop, and uh, there needs to be improved supports uh, for uh, the livestock sector. And uh, you know, there on the uh, livestock price insurance, there aren't provincial and federal government um, um, cost share. There isn't government cost sharing on that front. 
So you have producers that are paying the full price, and then that really limits the number of producers that can invest in that backstop. Uh, it uh, hurts uh, the subscription levels that you need. So that's a structural change moving forward where the feds and the province need to step up and uh, support um, that backstop for producers. Weatherspoon says Saskatchewan produces some of the highest quality beef in the world, and Saskatchewan and Ottawa need to support those that are making that happen. Please stay tuned. Your commodities update is coming up in one minute's time. We're here for commodities update. Canola futures closed up across the board again today. November canola closed at 790.70. That's up $13.30. January canola closed at 796.60, up $13.10. September Minneapolis wheat closed at 791 per bushel. That's up four and a half cents. September Kansas City wheat closed at 7.43 per bushel, up five and a half cents. September Chicago wheat closed at 5.97 and three quarters, down three quarters of a cent. September corn closed at 4.69 and a half, up five and a half cents. September soybeans closed at 13.34 and three quarters, that's up 11 and a half cents. September oats closed at 4.40 and three quarters, up 11 and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. The Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association has launched its first ever Young Farmer Mentorship Program. The program was established with support from Canadian Pacific Kansas City Rail, otherwise known now as CPKC. The Saskatchewan Director and Treasurer with the Wheat Growers, Caitlin Kitsan, says this program is important to her. I was finishing up my university degree when a past director, Sherilyn Nagel, reached out to me and asked me to join the Wheat Growers Board. And I knew nothing about agriculture policy and why it was important to um, the agriculture community and especially my farm. So I um, hesitantly said, yes, sure, I'll join the board. And over the last few years, I've learned so much. I've you know, really expanded my network, got some great experiences lobbying government at a provincial and a you know federal level and this was kind of my way to ensure other young farmers get involved in agriculture policy. Getting young farmers involved and informed with agriculture policy is the primary focus of the program. Yeah so you know um, our hope is that we'll bring you know young farmers with us to Ottawa with us to you know different conferences and conventions that our board attends to give them experience and a kind of dip their toes into agriculture policy, everything from trade policy to transportation to environmental. And then the hope is that, you know, they stay involved in agriculture policy um, and maybe one day even join our board as a director. She notes CPKC and the wheat growers have a common interest in building the next generation of farm leaders. Yeah, CP um, reached out to us um, and we kind of reached out to them and, you know, there was this joint um, interest on supporting kind of young farmers to get more involved in policy. 
um, as we tend to see, you know, I hate to say it, but the old boys club around the agriculture policy table. So it was important for CP and us to kind of join forces to really invite um, young farmers to those tables and get them involved. So CP is kind of our title sponsor for the first ever program. Kitsan went over some of the criteria. Anywhere kind of from across Western Canada, so up into your, you know, northern BC, Peace River country, through Alberta, Saskatchewan, or Manitoba. Um, They just have to be under the age of 35 and eager to learn and kind of expand their networks. The application window is now open, and it's open until November 1st. The successful candidates will be announced on November 15th. Well, it's week one of the harvest edition of GX94's Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks this fall. We had 183 entries yesterday, and I called our lucky winner this morning. Hello. Hello, is this Dean? It is, yeah. Hey, Dean, it's Doug Falconer calling from GX94 Radio in Yorkton. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Good. I'm calling you because we drew your name this morning for supper in the field. Oh, yes. Yeah, I kind of assumed that. I missed your first call there, so I tried phoning <laughs> back. So, yeah. So, yep. uh, is it all right if we bring you out some supper tonight? Oh, yeah, you bet. Dean and Sharla Brenner farm in the Churchbridge area. Our sponsors for Supper in the Field are Farm Credit Canada, Milligan Bio, Gowan Canada, Sask Milk, Jump.ca, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, Maple Ag and Outdoor, the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. Farm Bulletin Board. The nomination period for director positions with both the Saskatchewan Barley Development Commission and the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission is now open. The deadline to receive completed nomination forms for both both organizations is September 6th at 12 noon Saskatchewan time. Nomination forms and election information can be found on the websites of each commission, so you can go to saskbarley.com or saskwheat.ca. And that'll do it for SaskAg Today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. SaskEgg Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.